You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. And are you a people pleaser? I mean, besides being a person who's pleasing me by listening to my podcast right now, but are you a person who pleases others at the expense of your personal pleasure? Well, you're about to hear how to turn that ship right around if you fit that bill. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product that couldn't possibly float my boat more, Four Sigmatic. My boat is so floated by Four Sigmatic's mushroom drinks that any more floating would turn my boat into an airplane because it's flying. Okay, so the first time I tried a packet of Four Sigmatic mushroom tea and a glass of hot water, I was muy skeptical because of this whole mushroom thing being really trendy right now and I'm always reluctant to hop on trend trains. Wow, we're really covering all the modes of transportation here. But I drank those shrooms and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt way more awesome than I felt before I drank it. Since then, I consistently consume at least one type of shrooms a day, and it helps me know it's going to be bright, 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 sunshiny day, even when it's rainy and gray, because I am telling you these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which in hindsight, he seemed way too proud of. But nobody's hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms, okay? They are ultra-scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please, and thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic, wink, wink, they all do different epic things for your body. Reishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you a non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from a lion's mane, boosts your brain. And chaga is a mega charge for your immune system. I weave all four of those separate mushrooms into my life by way of the teas. That's what I'm talking about here, people, are mushroom teas that you dissolve in a packet of hot water and haya. But I also fancy myself some of their fancier shroom concoctions. They have this relaxing, thanks to the reishi hot cocoa that I pretty much make every night with almond milk. They have matcha powder, which is the only matcha I now use. They have these magic mushroom chai latte packets that you can add to water or almond milk for a hot or iced sweetest sippable treat. And I have to say, even though I don't drink coffee, Four Sigmatic is kind of famous for their multiple kinds of organic, much better for you coffee, even mocha mixes. So you can mocha chocolate. Okay, enough from me. I'm sorry. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte and I'm flying high. But because you listen to this podcast, thanks so much for doing that, by the way, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroomy stuff you'll want to buy off of their site, foursigmatic.com, using code PARTYINMYPLANTS. Or you can just go to Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash PARTYINMYPLANTS to automatically save that 15%, baby. Oh, by the way, Did I mention that I don't even really like eating mushrooms? Yeah, but now, thanks to Four Sigmatic, my body doesn't need to have shroom FOMO. 
Okay, again, hit up foursigmatic.com slash plants to save 15% on this mega boat floating stuff that I always find stuffed into my pockets, purses, luggage, or my bra because I just can't get enough. My guest today believes in saying yes to saying no. Carly Sweet is a self-care coach who believes that boundaries might be as healing as berries. Okay, that's not a direct quote, but after hearing how Carly talks about the expenses and our emotional, mental, and physical well-being a lack of boundaries can have on us, you'll see why adding boundaries to our life can be berry-esque. Carly has been teaching women how self-caring the right way, not just in the like Instagram bubble bath way, has helped her clients break off toxic engagements, improve sleep, ask for raises, quit jobs, and learn to be more rebellious. Before she was the wellness coach she is today, Carly was living in New York City, working in the fashion industry, and suffering from a major case of burnout. After an aha moment, she changed directions, launched her coaching business a year later and soon became the author of Boundaries with Soul. Currently, she lives in a house in the country just outside of Seattle where she has a yard, a hundred plus year old home, and even her own chickens. Basically, Carly knows a thing or two about bold lifestyle changes, so open up your ears because this gal knows her stuff. Oh, wait. First, one more thing. Carly and I are both proud graduates of IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It's a kick-ass nutrition training program, which you can complete virtually, that helps you learn everything you've really ever wanted to learn about healthy living, and then how to take what you loved learning about healthy living and turn it into whatever the heck kind of job you want to do that helps others eat healthier. If you want to check out the curriculum and get more deets about this awesome program, you can do so in the show notes for this episode, which are at partyinmyplants.com slash 130. And I am stoked as a folk to be able to offer you up to a thousand dollars, one, zero, zero, zero dollars off your tuition. If you mention my name, if slash when you enroll in IAN, how sweet. Now, let's talk to Carly Sweet. Carly, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. I am truly honored to be here, so thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, I am truly excited to talk about self-care because I am in the midst of not a lot of self-caring going on right now because everything's crazy in my life, so I'm excited yeah. to, you know, get the good self-care vibes and inspiration and ideas and a reminder that this shit's important. <laughs> this shit is so important. <laughs> it's so important. And, you know, I think even just recognizing that you're in need of it, that's that's a really big step. So kudos. Oh, thanks. Interesting. So let's start right there. Are there, you know, okay, well, first we'll start with your self-care coach. So you're not just some schmo I'm talking about self-care with. That right. is what you do, which is actually completely specific self-care coach and very unique. And I didn't even really know that was a thing. So tell me what a self-care coach is. Well, you know, I kind of made it up. I really think I did. <laughs> like, I was like, you know, this is what I do. So awesome. um, I focus mostly on helping women create boundaries and learn how to say no. Uh, and in effect, create these really transformational self-care practices. And when I was thinking about my work, 
it's really evolved over the past few years. But when I was thinking about my work, I was like, you know what? I'm a self-care coach. I'm teaching the shit that helps women take care of themselves. And voila, here I am. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, what led you to become a self-care coach? I mean, I know you have a long backstory that led to this moment. So give us some of the spark notes. Yeah, absolutely. So I used to live in New York where Tali and I actually met in real life. IRL. Like what was it, four years ago? Yeah. On my roof. (laughs) Yes, on your roof. Yes. We had a little like wellness person potluck. I'm, I'm like choosing my words very carefully. Potluck. And you showed up in like super cute ripped jeans. I remember that, right? Am I crazy? I remember ripped no, jeans. No, definitely ripped jeans. Yeah. Always. And I was like, yeah, ripped jean gal pal. And then you were like, hey, by the way, I'm moving to Seattle or right, Seattle or just Washington? Seattle. Yeah. Seattle in like two days. And I was like, oh, great. So now Bye. we have to be long distance. <laughs> Yeah. So that's pretty much how it happened. Um, So I was living in New York and working in the fashion industry for a pretty well-known company and was completely burnt out of my job. And I I was recognizing this because I had a casual panic attack in a bathroom stall at work uh, and just had a moment later on where I looked around and was like, I don't want to be any of these people. Mm-hmm. I admire them. I think they're great. Good for them. This is not my future. Fast forward to a few months later, I enrolled at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition Woo-hoo. and yeah, <laughs> totally just found my people. Like it was this feeling of coming home and my coaching practice launched uh, about a year after enrollment uh, at IIN, and then everything just started transforming. And a bit more backstory on me, I am a recovering people pleaser. I'm the type of person who used to bend over backwards for people, do everything for everyone. And I noticed that the clients coming to me were this same person. Hmm. They were constantly giving too much. They couldn't make time for themselves. They had, you know, a lack of worthiness, a lack of confidence. And I thought to myself, hmm, I need to look at the common denominator here. And I realized I need to be helping people learn how to say no. So then they can start really taking care of themselves. So that's where my work started to evolve. That's awesome. That's such a unique path. And I love that it stems from a panic attack in a bathroom stall. Yep. You know, it's not glamorous, but it's that's that's where it happens, you know? Yeah. So, okay. You say you were experiencing burnout. I just want to, you know, unpack that a little bit. How does someone know if they're experiencing burnout? Like how, you know, how did you kind of come to that conclusion? Like, oh, this is burnout. I think maybe people listening are like, wait, maybe I'm experiencing burnout. I mean, even me, I've gone through periods. I don't know if I'm right to call them burnout or if I shouldn't be calling them? Like, I don't really know. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think at some, on some level, probably everyone's experienced it, you know, whether it's professional, personal, emotional. Um, For me, I really started to notice my burnout on a physical level at first. So I was extremely bloated all of the time. 
because my body was not digesting. I was constantly in this fight or flight state. I thought it was normal to unbutton my pants after meals. Okay. Like I seriously wow. thought that was normal. Really? You thought it was normal just because it was your normal or my like normal. you just, yeah. and so you assume like, Oh, everyone does this. Totally. Everyone does this. Wow. Um, because at this point in my life, I was not a healthy person. Like I drank a lot. I ate whatever I wanted. I didn't work out. This is pre pre IIN obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly bloated. I was sleeping like crazy. I was taking Z quill, like the NyQuil, but without the cold medicine every night to sleep. And my dad was like, I don't think that's okay. I'm like, well, it's either that or I don't sleep. Yes. And I had like itchy patches on my face, on my eyelids. I was just constantly trying to numb myself with shopping, drinking. You know, I'm young and in New York, so everything's kind of written off as you're young and in New York. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, That's hilarious. In your self-care coaching practice, is burnout a common catalyst for ladies wanting to come work with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the problem, though, that we run into with people pleasers is that burnout it's hard to recognize burnout as a people pleaser because we're constantly telling ourselves, I'm not trying hard enough. There's something I could be doing differently. I'm not trying hard enough, or maybe I'm not doing well enough. So it's hard as a people pleaser to recognize burnout because we're so self-critical that you just talk yourself in circles. Mm, Okay. I need to hear what is a people pleaser? Like in in your definition, what does that mean? Yeah. So I always call them the fixers, the feelers, the overgivers of the world. You're the type of person who thinks that you can fix everything for everyone, even if you have limited knowledge of that subject. Hmm. You feel things so deeply. You will throw everything aside to help someone in need, often at your own expense. You are constantly just kind of grappling with indecisiveness, communication issues, feelings of low self-worth, and you're not really sure who you are at the Mm. end of the day. This is like a kind of bad term, pushover, but it it sounds, is that, yeah, is that, yeah. (laughs) I'm just trying to think, because some of those traits like I have, like I like to help people, but... I feel like in society, you know, we're commended for like going out of our own way to help somebody and like putting other people first, but there's this fine line, right? I mean, you're talking about people pleasing to like the extreme. Exactly. So I always say at your own expense, right? Right. So, right. Well, yeah. It's, it's great to help people and it's great to be a kind, loving human, but make sure that your physical, emotional, mental health isn't chronically being exhausted because of it. And I think that's where you can draw the line between people who lack boundaries and people who have strong boundaries. Okay. So that makes sense. Because one of my questions I was going to ask you is, is it okay at all to be a medium people pleaser? (laughs) (laughs) That's a new term you can adopt, but it sounds like really what a medium people pleaser would be is just somebody that cares for people and pleases people, but not at their own expense. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I think you know, some people have more people pleasing tendencies in certain areas of their lives. So 
Maybe they're really big people pleasers in their personal relationships, but at work, they're laser focused and totally boundary. Everyone has different varying degrees of it. It's just kind of figuring out where you lie within that wheel of life and maybe what's causing the need to behave that way. Mm. How do we know if we're too much pleasing people? Like how, how do we identify yeah. that this is a problem? Absolutely. That's a really good question. And that's one I get asked a lot. First of all, it takes some self-awareness, right? We have to really be able to sit down and say, hmm, I'm feeling frustrated. Why am I feeling frustrated? Oh, well, because I told Sally that I was going to you know, go to lunch with her today at the restaurant I hate, even though I really hate that restaurant. But here I am sitting here. I didn't want to pay for this meal. And you start to feel all these feelings of resentment, of frustration, of just woe is me, right? And looking at those emotions and saying, did I cause this? Is is there something I did to cause this? So having a level of self-awareness, recognizing emotions, and then being able to say, what did I do that caused or what could I have done differently to help not cause this? Mm -hmm. Totally. So like, that's one of the major things that you help women with is to help people stop being people pleasers and, you know, take back your power and start creating these boundaries. So how do you begin to do that? I guess first step is recognize and you please peeps too much. Yeah. First step is recognizing. Uh, and then in my book, Boundaries with Soul, it's, it's a five-step process um, to help you start to deconstruct and also build build boundaries. So the first step is really getting in touch with who you are. Oh, no big deal. Just figure yeah, out right? who the hell you are. <laughs> Just figure it out, girl. But not even, you know, at this deep soulful level, but more so like what's important to you, right? Like what qualities do you value in yourself and in others? And getting that baseline down to then say, all right, well, I have like a general idea of, of what's important to me. Now I can, I can go out and start to make some other changes. Um, because it all comes back to confidence and worthiness. And when we're more aligned with our values we start to naturally begin to feel more confident and more worthy. Well, let's talk about boundaries. I mean, boundaries are your jam. You have, a, like you said, a book called Boundaries with Soul, and you have a method, which is badass that you have a method. I want to Oh, yeah, it. girl. <laughs> so boundaries isn't like a sexy word that we like toss around or it's trending or anything, but like boundaries is your go-to. So where did that come from? What do boundaries mean? What do they look like? Yeah, man. I mean, boundaries, if someone taught me about boundaries years ago, <laughs> you know, but boundaries, I like to describe them as you are the house, your physical body is the house, the energy around you is your yard. And then the fence that keeps people out or lets people in, that's your boundary. It protects your house. It protects your yard which is your body and your energy, and you decide who you let in and who stays out. 
That sounds a lot easier said than done because then if you put up a, a fence and your neighbors are like, what the hell? That's so rude. I thought we were like best friend neighbors. And now you put up this fence. What are you like, you know, trying to separate us? Like that's such you think a you're better dick than move. You? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's just a fence example. But like in real life, I mean, it's very, very hard to do that, you know, like say no and and give space and reject people or turn down yep. things like oh that's so challenging it is challenging you know and like it comes back to the self awareness right and the and the worthiness to say i'm doing this i know and recognizing that i know other people are going to be affected but at the end of the day my happiness is worth more than temporarily upsetting someone. Mm -hmm. And I, I encourage clients and actually I just spoke about this in my podcast episode three, when you set boundaries, especially with someone that you love. So for example, I've had to do this with my mom before. And I've said, mom, I love you. Nothing has changed in our relationship, but I need to set a boundary here. Yada, 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 whatever it was about know that I'm doing this for my happiness. And this is not a reflection on you as a mother, as a person. I love you dearly. And it took the edge off and it felt less just jarring for her to experience because I I started with a love, right? I started with the compassion that we so naturally give as people pleasers, just very directly. I love you. I'm setting a boundary. This is about me. Got it. Got it. Yeah. If you lead with empathy. I mean, I had to do this the other day with a Super Bowl party. I mean, I really was so exhausted and argue not burned down, but just exhausted from this uh, crazy two week long cookbook photo shoot I did. And I just couldn't move. I got my just needed yeah. rest and I did not want to go to the Super Bowl party, but I felt so bad. And I struggled with telling the host I couldn't come for like 24 hours. It was <laughs> weighing on me. I was like weighing pros and cons. I was counting down the hours till the last possible minute I could text her. I was like, yep. I felt literally terrible. I even texted other people that were invited to the party to ask if they weren't going or were going to like hope that one person wasn't. So then I would feel less bad. Yep. And it's just like, wow. Like, why do you think it just requires so much damn courage to say no to something like that? Well, I mean, we have a fear of letting other people down, right? We don't want, that's human on some level, just to, we care about other people's feelings. Right. But you know, when I told her I couldn't come, I led with like, I, I literally said like, I feel so guilty and so bad, but like, I'm just exhausted. Da, da, da. And she was like, no problem. Like, don't feel guilty. So, you know, leading with the empathy and the understanding rather than just being like, I'm sick or whatever, I think was, the golden nugget there. It totally is. And I love that you said leading with empathy instead of just making up like I'm a sick. <laughs> a lie. Because yeah. I, so I've brought this up before and people will either get this or be like, what are you talking about? People pleasers are really good at making up little white lies mm -hmm. because it's too scary for us to say how we're really feeling because we don't want to be rejected. So we'll say I'm sick or I'm not feeling well or my computer you know, my, crashed. Oh, my yeah, my computer know. crashed. My dog ate my computer. You know, <laughs> you'll make up some ridiculous story to make yourself feel better and to ultimately protect 
your vulnerability. So I love that you were honest about it because that's important. And then hearing her response, like, don't feel guilty. That's totally cool. And reminding yourself, this girl still loves me. She's still my friend. It's all good. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. So, okay, we've just spent 20 minutes talking about boundaries and people pleasing. You're a health coach, ultimately. How the hell does this relate to wellness and health? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, well, like I mentioned before, so when I had these clients coming to me, when I was really focused on nutrition and physical fitness, they kept having this common theme of, no, I didn't go to the grocery. No, I didn't go to the gym. No, I didn't meditate. And it all came back to because they weren't feeling confident enough to make time for themselves or to say no or to carve out this this space for their needs. So if you're not confident enough, if you don't have the mental awareness, the worthiness, you know, the mindfulness, all of these things, if those aren't strong core concepts in your life, it's going to be really difficult to make a lasting change. Oh my God. Yes. 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 (laughs) You're so right. I totally get that. I mean, I communicate this in my own very different way than you do, but I agree and fully feel that it's of the utmost importance to get like your mind and your, you know, energy and your confidence in check in order to do the healthy things. You know, because if you feel awkward at a group dinner ordering the healthy food, then like you aren't going to do it. And now who cares if you have knowledge about healthy food if you don't have the confidence to order it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That makes so much sense. I get it. Oh, I get it that this is what. (laughs) So you're just helping people, not just, but you're helping people with like the first kind of step, like the self-carry step without the, you know other meaning of self-care. Well, let's unpack self-care because I know that is one of your uh, core like words and things you help people with. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on self-care being like such a trendy word right now? Do you think it's being used wrong? Like how do you use the word? Yeah, I really love that question, you know, and you can see self-care everywhere these days. It's like companies are just vomiting the word <laughs> self-care on a product and hoping it sells. And Self-care sunscreen. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Show yourself some self-care. Mm. Um, you know, for me, I am on a mission to really talk about the transformational self-care. So the transformational self-care to me means communicating your no setting boundaries, taking care of your mental health, building feelings of confidence through, you know, whatever daily action that is for you. And I I love face masks. I love bubble baths. I think they're really great. But at the end of the day, that's not the self-care that's going to completely shift your life. And I guess I want people to recognize that there is so much more to self-care than getting a manicure. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's a lot deeper than that. And it, and it comes back to knowing your worth and, and not being fearful of communicating your needs and, Again, just the whole mental health component of self-care. Right. Well, I know you lay out three types of self-care, right? Physical, emotional, and spiritual. Can you explain what those three, I guess, pillars are? 
Yeah, absolutely. So physical self-care, that's probably the one that we hear about most as people living in in this world, in this society, as consumers. Uh, When we think of physical self-care, that's taking care of your body in a physical sense, right? That's getting massages, eating well, um, moving your body, drinking water. Those are all components of physical self-care. They're very, very important. Don't get me wrong. The emotional self-care is the realm that I tend to play in a bit more. That's communicating your needs, saying no, setting boundaries, letting people know that that behavior is not okay with you, speaking your mind in a clear and productive, loving way. Spiritual self-care, that's getting in touch with your higher self. That's figuring out who you really are at your core, differentiating between ego and higher self, having a meditation practice, coming back to the values that are important to you. So there's a lot of different ways to self-care. Oof. That sound, I mean, how do you even start when someone comes to you, you know, and you notice they have like a self-care deficiency? How do you, well, first, how do you identify that you have a self-care deficiency? And second, what do you even begin with? Like, how do you even start? If somebody's so not used to pausing or, or you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know, like, how do you even start? Because it's a whole different way of being really to start putting yourself first. And we, everyone talks about like, it's not selfish to put yourself first, but like it can feel that way. And yep. you know, how, how do you even start? Cause it really is. It's a, it's not just like, okay, you go take a bubble bath. It's like, okay. Like you have to think of what you want before you do something or say yes to something or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and a quick note about the bubble bath. Like if you go take a bubble bath because you feel like you have to take a bubble bath, you're going to sit in the bath the whole damn time and be like, I can't do this. I feel so uncomfortable. This is terrible. Is that a thing? You've had people experience that? Oh yeah. I mean, people, they feel so anxious in the moment of actually taking care of themselves because Uh their mind is like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I hate the word should because it is the, that is like Mm -hmm. the most pressure anyone can put on themselves Mm. and learning to relax fully in that moment is really important. But, you know, back to your question about where to begin. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I like to lead people through my process of my book first and foremost, because I really think to create self-care that you're truly enjoying, you have to go through this process of figuring out what's important to you. You have to figure out where your boundaries are currently being violated. Like when you say figure out what's important to you, like, can you give me some examples? Because like, I could think of a million things that are important to me, but I'm not sure how they would, you know, relate to um, like upping or improving or prioritizing my self-care. Yeah. So I call them personal values or authentic personal values. So For me, my list is now love, it's honesty, it's kindness, it's communication. It's these intangible values that we we never think about on our day-to-day basis, right? Like we never sit down and think, wow, you know, I really, I like communicating clearly to other people. Like we never sit and think about that, right? And Maybe some people they do, and maybe some people they're really in touch with these values that are important to them. 
it kind of just depends where you are on this path. But I always Mm -hmm. encourage people first and foremost, thinking about what's important to you in terms of these personal values. Okay. Does that make more sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking things like travel or time with my husband or like fluffy socks. Like, I don't know if you're talking about like (laughs) things like that, but or like deep things like honesty. These are deep things. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're starting with the deep, deep things. things. Got it. Well, we start really deep yeah. first. Okay. Because they, inter- they impact the more surface things. Exactly. So like as we're thinking deeply about these things, I'm then challenging my clients to do small, really small surface things mm. at the same time. Got it. So honestly, one of my most successful small self-care practices that anyone can do because we all are already doing it when you're sitting down to the bathroom, like to go pee or whatever you have to do, (laughs) put your phone away. (gasps) No. Impossible. just breathe. What? Yeah. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Groundbreaking. I know. No, it, it kind of is. Like, like, I don't think I've walked into a bathroom without my phone in like, I will like, even if it's like an emergency, I'll like scavenge through my house to try to find my phone. You're like, I need my phone. I'm like, I can't be in there without my phone. Oh my God, that's pathetic. Sometimes I like plan certain emails or like things, activities (laughs) for bathroom phone time. You're like, well, well, I know and I get it because it's a way to to concentrate on whatever email you have to send or just mindlessly scroll through Instagram. I get it. But it can also really be a time just to get some deep breathing in. And just one or two deep breaths can really just shift how you're feeling. And then you can then turn around and say, you know, I feel a little bit calmer now. Mm -hmm. I am going to go think a little bit more about my personal values. (laughs) Got it. So what about what's like the next step? So you have your personal values, which are the deep things, and then you're peeing without your phone. And then what are like the next steps in creating these boundaries with soul? Yeah, girl. I mean, I don't want to make it seem like building boundaries happens in five steps because it's so much more than that. But the one after that is feeling around for your boundary lines. And this is my personal favorite step because... I think it's important to understand that we all have boundary lines. It's just whether or not we choose to honor them. Hmm. It's such a different approach to kind of like wellness. I mean, you've even said the boundaries are like the most prolific form of self-care, which is like not what most people are saying. So I find that really fascinating. Thanks, girl. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not everyone's going to get it. See, and that's the thing. People either resonate with this work and they are like, oh my goodness, she's speaking my language. I totally get this. Or they're like, I don't get that. That makes no sense to me. And that just means, hey, you're probably not a people pleaser. It's all good. Right. Pardon me for a sec, but have you met Ned? I love you if you've got that reference. And I love Ned. But Jesse needn't worry because Ned isn't a secret second husband. He's premium small batch hemp products that go from seeds in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado to bottle that you can use wherever the heck you live. 
I'm talking bottles of hemp oil, hemp body butter, and even hemp chapstick that my effed up East Coast winter lips are hella thankful for right now. Before you ask, why doesn't Ned just call its products CBD? I'll answer. Because of FDA regulations, only pharmaceutical companies can use the term CBD. So Ned's sticking to the rules by saying that their products are made from full-spectrum hemp. But between you and me, we're talking CBD here, friend. Ned's organic, non-GMO, small-batch products won't get you high. Sorry? But they will help as a sleep aid. They'll provide anti-inflammatory powers. They'll serve as a natural pain reliever. Been rubbing that body butter on my always sore feet, and they say thanks, Ned. It'll help with anxiety. Yes, please, and thank you. And provide you with antioxidants on fleek. I am admittedly a CBD noob, but you gotta believe this noob when she says that her experience with Ned's CBD is it works like ABC. Easy as one, two, three, simple as do, re, me, and it really did help me with tons of anxiety that I was feeling as I was finishing my book, which I just did. Yay! Okay, you knew this was coming. You can save 15% on all your Ned needs and desires if you head to helloned.com slash plants or use code plants at checkout on helloned.com. That's helloned.com slash party to save 15% on our buddy old pal Ned's full spectrum hemp oils that won't get you high, but will nourish your body's endocannabinoid, fancy pants, system, which helps bring balance to your mind and your body. Thanks, Ned. See you at helloned.com slash party. And now back to our episode. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit about the cliche forms of self-care because in addition to doing all this great boundary and like deep, deep work. You also like are an advocate for essential oils, which is a pretty rad form of self-care. And we did a whole podcast on it, but like two years ago. So talk to me about essential oils and how you integrate them into your boundaries work, because you have a blog post that was like self-care for boundaries. Oh my gosh. Fascinating. Yes. So I have a whole blog post dedicated to uh, using essential oils to help build boundaries. And some people might not know or some depending on how well versed you are with oils essential oils all carry an emotional component so for example doTERRA has this on guard blend which is amazing for protecting your immune system boosting it up keeping you from getting the sniffles on the flip side it carries an emotional component as a protective blend so On an emotional level, it is a protective oil that keeps you safe. It keeps you feeling, well, protected. So there's all these tools and essential oils that you can use as you're going through this process of building boundaries to help reinforce what you're trying to retrain your brain. So I love essential oils because scent is so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And When we are constantly smelling one oil and putting it on the bottoms of our feet and saying, I am protected, I am safe, I am secure, whatever it is you want to say, our brains will start to smell the smell, remember what we are saying as we're using that oil, and then we just, we start to believe it. Like an affirmation. Who knew? (laughs) With 
backed up Tied with to a the, scent. the scent. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So what if you just put some random scent you have on your body and you just say, you know, something positive with it? Do you believe that that would work as well? Yes, it would probably still like work. Like as a trigger, I mean. Like, you know, so when right. you smell it, you remember, oh, exactly. like I am fucking awesome. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think what's most important is the intention behind it of, Got it. I here I am applying this lotion and reminding myself that I'm so fucking great. Today's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Every time you put that lotion on, you're just going to remember mm-hmm. all those things that you – you told yourself. Got it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what are some of your go-to uses for essential oils, both in this way and other, you know, self-carry ways? Oh, man. What would I do? I tend to speak in my life of two distinct faces, pre-oils and with oils. That's funny. See, I, I weirdly am like dabbling with oils. I got really stoked about it after that first podcast episode like two years ago. I'm like, I have them all, but I just, I don't use them as much as I would like to. I feel like there's just so much to learn and like every oil has so many different uses and purposes and blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of overwhelms me. So I end up just doing like citrus in a diffuser and like frankincense when I'm feeling sick and like, that's it. Well, that's still pretty great. I it's mean, like the better fact than that nothing. You, exactly. The fact that you're using them and is lavender. Great. Love lavender. Um, <laughs> lavender is actually the oil of communication, believe it or not. So hmm. that's a great oil to use if you're like, all right, got to communicate, got to say something scary or that's been on my mind. Lavender is a great oil to apply for that. Just huh. fun fact. Like on your wrist. Yeah, you can put it on your wrist or you can even mix it with a little coconut oil and put it on your throat, right? That's where your uh, voice is coming from. Ooh. All right. See, what the hell? The oils are so complex. So many awesome Honestly, uses. I think first and foremost, always Google. Check out Pinterest. Just be curious about them. I think that's the most important thing. And know that unless you're putting oregano in your eyeballs, like you're not going to really screw it up. Yes, there are some certain safety precautions that you really need to take note of, but just do some general research like you would anything else Mm -hmm. and really just be curious about it. And over time, your mindset will slowly start to shift. I noticed mine did, and now my husband's is too. And it's so funny whenever there's an issue, whether it's with our dogs or chickens Chickens? You have chickens? Oh yeah, girl. We have chickens. We have four. <laughs> what do you do with chickens? They make we your eat eggs. Their eggs. <laughs> they make your eggs. Oh my god, that's so funny and cool and awesome. They're hilarious. You went from living in New York, all burnt out, to having chickens whose eggs you consume. Oh yeah, we live like out in the country now. I love it. Wow. That's so cool. Let me like I let me interrupt the essential oils to ask like that's a huge life change you did. It takes courage. I mean, it takes boundaries AF. It takes like yep. self-care to the extreme. Any advice on that? Like what did that look like? Was it scary? I mean, I'm sure there's so many people listening that have these ideas of bold changes such as you did. I mean, you went from New York City, Manhattan to chickens in Washington, Seattle, Seattle, Washington. <laughs> like thoughts, advice, guidance. Totally. 
Totally, totally. <laughs> I mean, so I've always been the person who loves nature. I grew up horseback riding. Like nature makes me happy. I pushed that desire down for a really long time, especially living in New York. I didn't realize how much I needed it. And then I, Corbin and I moved in together. That's my husband. We moved in together in New York, lived together for about seven months. And I was like, hey, you want to get out of here? <laughs> Let's move. Um, ended up in Seattle. I have family out here and he's from Southern California. And yeah, it was freaking scary. It was terrifying. But I knew that my long-term happiness, his long-term happiness, was more important than the temporary security I was getting living in New York. Mm. So w- when you like weighed pros and cons, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just like as easy as you being like, hey, want to get out of here? And he's like, sure. I mean, unless it was. It kind of was though. That's the thing. Like I was so ready to get out of there, to get out of New York, to get out of corporate fashion. I just felt in every bone of my body, like I need to change. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming to me. Hmm. and. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things when you decide, okay, I'm going to change this about my life. That's all you can think about. Right. Or I'm, you know, I'm going to change this in my house or whatever it is. You start to become fixated on it and it's like there is no other option. I really felt that and landing in Seattle to come spend the weekend here. And like, let me preface this or a little side note here. Um, my dad lives in Seattle. My aunt lives in Seattle. It's not like I picked a city on the map and was like, we're moving here. Mm-hmm. I was familiar with this city. And it was a huge change. And it took over a year for us to get acclimated. And now we have a little farmhouse out in the country. We've lived out in this area for about two and a half years now. And we have chickens and we have a yard and Our house was built in 1900 and our best friend is a 61 year old man named Coyote. And (laughs) it's amazing. That's awesome. That's really funny. That's great. There you go. Practicing what you preach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just emotional and mental clarity that we have now just living outside of the hustle and bustle is really incredible. I mean, I feel it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. Every time I leave the city, it's a different world. Well, I want to go back to oils for a sec. Gun yes. to your head <laughs> in a nice way. What are your top three favorite self care essential oils? Oh my gosh, this is like the hardest question ever. Uh, frankincense, hands down. Mm-hmm. Frankincense is known as the king of oils, liquid gold. It's it can do anything. Um, the Queen of Oils Rose Essential Oil is also one of my absolute oh, favorites. Never used that. Let me tell you a little bit about Rose really quickly. Rose from doTERRA only comes in this touch form because the petals, it takes thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of petals to create one little bottle. So doTERRA for sustainability purposes and for cost purposes puts it in this little um roller ball with coconut oil. So you're using less rose oil and, you know, making it better for the environment Uh and better for your wallet. So rose is great because it is, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. It can help with any like burns that you get. I burn myself all the time. Doing what? 
oh my God, curling my hair, getting things out of the oven, oh like touching God. a hot pan, like okay. all the time. Rose, you put it on there and immediately just, it never blisters. It's great for deodorant. It's great um, just to connect you to your higher self. It's great for bringing down uh, any elevated temperatures, you know, fevers. I can't really say it, but hopefully no one from the FDA is listening to this podcast. It's great for helping um, to soothe down, uh, bring down fevers, elevated temperatures that you might be experiencing from sickness. And it carries a lot of antibacterial properties. Badass, Rose. Okay, so frankincense, Rose, and what's your third gun to your head favorite essential oil? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, lavender, for sure. Okay, good one. Floral oils in general are really, really powerful oils. What are your thoughts on food being a form of self-care? Or is that dangerous territory? No, no, no. Food is so important. And for a long time when I was, you know, in my height of people-pleasing, I used food food as a way to numb myself, to numb the feelings that I wasn't communicating. So really bad sugar addiction, mindless eating, boredom eating. Uh, Now I really use food as a way to care for myself. So making sure I drink enough water and eat leafy greens and get enough healthy fat. So it's interesting how your view on food can change as you deal with the underlying emotional needs. Mm. Along those lines, what are some common wellness goals that you've noticed your clients realize when you work on this emotional stuff? I mean, I could totally agree and see how when you start prioritizing yourself and relaxing and all the stuff we've spoken about, you will just naturally not want to numb yourself with crap food. What else have you noticed um, from your clients? Like physical, tangible results as a, you know, because this is all kind of like, not woo-woo, but like very emotional, you know, non-tangible things we're talking Mm -hmm. about, boundaries and stuff. So what are some tangible uh, results you've seen? Oh, girl, they span the gamut. I've had people break up, uh, engagements. I've had oh, people, wonderful. That's, you should put that on your website. Yeah, I've had, but it's great. I mean, it was a toxic relationship yeah. for her. I've had people quit their jobs and get new ones. I've had people ask for raises. I've had people stop compulsively online shopping and spending money that they didn't have. I've had people, of course, improve their sleep. And I've had people learn to be a little bit more rebellious in their life. Hmm. In what way? If someone is a a high level people pleaser, being rebellious or like not following the rules is absolutely terrifying. And because the rules bring a sense of security, everything's going to work out. It's going to be great. When I teach people to become a bit more rebellious, they understand that they don't have to, quote, follow these rules they place on themselves and that everything's going to still be okay. So I've challenged clients to leave dirty dishes in the sink overnight. And they've noticed that the world doesn't fall apart. Everything's okay. And the dishes are still there in the morning and it's all good. You know, it's just these small things throughout our day that we think we have to hold ourselves to or else everything's going to fall to shit. Mm -hmm. And it's letting go of that that need for perfectionism, ideally, or, you know, at the end of the day. Wow. That's fascinating. So a lot of people pleasing, you could kind of write it out. People pleasing equals perfectionism also. It's a kind of form of it. 
It's definitely intertwined for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, intertwined. So can you give a couple of examples of like areas in life where people could start setting up boundaries? Are there any like universal areas that you've noticed are good beginner boundary places? Oh, yes. The damn cell phone. Okay. Oh, okay. I was thinking more like father-in-law, but interesting. <laughs> so that's, <okay>. that's, that's <laughs> chapter eight. Oh. <laughs> Because when I think boundaries, I just think people, you know, for some reason, it's the only, okay, that's interesting. It's the only place, maybe that's just my own personal thing. It's my only place where I feel that being a problem. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about cell phones. Well, yeah. So before I dive into cell phones real quick, there are two different types of boundaries. There's the internal and there's the external. And you know, I could do a whole podcast on that. So what you're thinking about is the external boundaries, the boundaries with others. There's boundaries that we have to hold within ourselves. So the boundary with the cell phone, for example, you know, going to the bathroom and not bringing your cell phone, you're setting a boundary for yourself. So starting with the cell phone, I think is really important. You know, maybe that means setting night mode at a certain time, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m., whatever works for you and your schedule. Putting on do not disturb if you're having a really, you know, concentrated work day, set that boundary for yourself. And for me, I've even taken it a step further and I leave my phone downstairs charging all night. So I plug it in as I'm walking upstairs and I don't look at it until after I've brushed my teeth, made the bed, meditated, you know, on on an ideal day or some days it's not like that. And then I go down and then I and then I scroll through Instagram. But I always make sure that when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm not doing is checking my cell phone. That sounds delicious. It's super anxiety inducing the first few nights. But then you realize, same with the dirty dishes, right? The world's not going to fall apart. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else besides the cell phone? Um, cell phone and then definitely work work-life boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's a really big one. Um, I felt it a lot. I still feel it, especially owning my own business. It's even worse. But committing to not answering emails after a certain time of day, not checking emails on the weekend, setting an out-of-office while traveling, I think is really important. Oh, that's the best. Yep. Oh, those out-of-office. I've done out-of-offices even when I'm just in a like busy period. Yes, I love that. So you're setting a boundary. I know, but then I check it. I'm pretty good with boundaries personally. My struggle, and actually I want to ask you about this, is the family and the mm-hmm. people. You know, like, oh, you know, now that I'm married, if I want to say no to something, that means, you know, I'm now putting my husband in the position of having to also say no unless he wants to then go do the thing that I don't want to do now. And and it's it's quite tricky. So what advice do you have on people boundaries? People boundaries are definitely a lot harder because there's obviously another person involved. This is where I think discovering your authentic personal values really comes into play because if if one of those personal values is family and you're committed to that, then showing up for your family is a priority to you Got unless mm-hmm. unless one of those family members is toxic or maybe taking advantage of your time or energy, then you really have to reevaluate. You know, and of course, boundaries are fluid. They totally change and we have to reassess. But in general, setting boundaries with family members, it's important to start with love 
first and then mm-hmm. express your concern. Like we were saying before, start with empathy. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm like, what if someone's curious about boundaries with food? Is that something you address with clients? So boundaries with food, it tends to typically happen further along their boundary path. The people who come to me are true people pleasers in the sense of they don't even know how to say the word no, and food is a crutch. So we have to unpack why can't we say no, where's the lack of confidence coming from, and get them confident in saying no. And typically the food issues tend to resolve themselves. Saying no to what can affect food issues? I had a client in the past who was totally addicted to sugar. And he was just constantly numbing his frustrations and anxieties and, you know, his heightened emotions with sugar. So he um, turned to food to numb, right? And to really just bury all those emotions. So as we worked through these feelings that he was having, so his issues were lying in not standing up for himself in work. Mm -hmm. So he was being taken advantage of by clients. People owed him a lot of money. People were expecting him to bend over backwards. And he would constantly oblige, constantly oblige, constantly oblige until he didn't. And he finally stood up for himself and he said, this isn't working for me. Here's how it works. Here's what I expect to be paid. This is non-negotiable. And over the weeks, as he continued to strengthen that voice, he no longer turned to sugar to numb those feelings because those feelings weren't there anymore. Got it. That makes sense. Yes. That's very cool. So sometimes it's basically, I mean, again, bringing this all back to where we started, this whole thing relates to wellness. I mean, you are essentially a health coach. You did the same health coaching program as I did. I just talked about yep. plants and you talk about self-care and boundaries. But it's because, you know, if you address the self-care issues and the boundaries, that, that can really affect your food issues and your health and how you put what you fuel your body with. Absolutely. I mean, I think back like on my days of really people pleasing in every aspect of my life. And I think about the overwhelming addiction to sugar that I had Mm. and how correlated it was. How did that work out for you? Like, why do you think when you were people pleasing a lot, you had a sugar addiction? Because I feel like someone might, if that was like a soundbite, people would be like, what the hell is she talking about? (laughs) Because when we are feeling emotions that aren't being communicated, like we're really frustrated, we're tired of not being heard, we're feeling really resentful. Mm -hmm. We turn to sugar or for some people it's shopping, for some people it's, you know, who knows what it is, work, exercise. Doing something to numb something else doesn't make the cause go away. Right. And For me, sugar and shopping, those were ways that I was numbing those feelings of frustration, uh, guilt, anxiety, resentment, all those things swirling around. I didn't know how to deal with those emotions. Mm -hmm. I just knew how to, to tune them out temporarily. That makes a lot of sense. 
This is very cool. I'm I'm enjoying this a lot. Sorry, my questions are all jumbled. I'm just like going with what's coming to my mind. No, I love <laughs> no it. flow. All right, I have another random question that came to my mind. Uh, we both just got married. You got married in August. I got married in October. How do you weave in your self caring when you have a husband? I think that is a big challenge, or a boyfriend, or fiance, or girlfriend, or wife, whatever. Yeah, having someone else in your yeah, life kid. that <laughs> that like plays Same. a major role and like you share a physical space with them, it's definitely challenging and it all comes back to communication and setting expectations. I think that it's really important in any relationship to have clear clear communication where Corbin now knows after, you know, years and some, you know, mental breakdowns on my part that I require certain things to really be my best self. And he's totally on board with that now that he understands what those things are. It's not fair to assume that your partner's a mind reader like I did for so long because they're not. So it's really important that you're communicating with your partner. So for me, Corbin knows I meditate in the morning. Mm-hmm. He even said this morning, like, hey, uh, you should go up and meditate now because I think things are going to get a little crazy down here. And, you know, you, you might not have the chance. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're totally right. Thank you for reminding me. Oh. And so then I went up and meditated and it was all good. And that's so sweet. It was really sweet. And like, oh, my gosh, when his mom was in town one time, he was like, hey, he was like, he could see me getting physically worked up and agitated. He's like, I'm thinking meditation right now might be good. And I was like, you're right. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I would like kill Jesse if he did that. I'd be like, why do you think I need to meditate? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe you <laughs> should meditate. I know. I know. Well, it's, it's, it's being <laughs> vulnerable, right? And, and being open to someone recognizing that you're agitated and then being vulnerable and saying, you're right. I am right now. Thank you for noticing. Go you. Slow clap for you. Girl. Impressive. This took a long time. (laughs) Um, And therapy too. Corbin and I, we go to a therapist every other week to talk about shit. And it's important. You are like self-care and head to toe. Girl, I try. (laughs) I try. And because I know what happens if I don't, mm-hmm. right? I, I get really anxious. I feel panicked. I can't focus. I can't produce the quality of work or have the quality of relationships that I want in my life without it. Yeah. You've seen the consequences. I've seen the consequences. So yeah, having a partner, going back to that, just make sure that you're communicating your needs with them. And then just communicating, not having an expectation of them to behave a certain way. But I'm a believer if you've put it out there, if you've communicated what you need, that's all you can do in that moment. Well, now let's let's end on some plant questions, shall we? Oh, yes. Okay. What is your favorite planty restaurant? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, if anyone's out in Seattle, is it a restaurant? I don't know, but it's an ice cream shop. Ah, that counts. And if you are ever in Seattle, you have to go to Frankie and Joe's. It is unreal. And they ship, so you can order oh. online. 
they come out with three new flavors, like seasonal flavors every month. And then they have like their tried and true classics. It's all dairy free, soy free, gluten free, all the all the things free. What's it made from? Um, a lot of coconut, cashew. It is so good. It sounds amazing. Ice cream is my favorite thing in the world. It is the best. And Ugh. they infuse it with essential oils. Oh, oh my God. Frankie oh my and God. Joe's. Okay. And they ship. Can they ship to New York? Yeah, girl, they can ship to New York. Okay. I might have to do this because that sounds really fun. I've never it shipped ice cream. so good. It's worth it. It's, know, it it's expensive funny. to ship, but honestly, it's worth it. <laughs> okay, cool. That sounds great. What's your favorite plant to eat? Mm, my favorite plant to eat? That's tough. I feel like my plants are always changing. Lately, really big sweet potato and zucchini kick. Yum. Those are good ones. What do you do? What's your favorite thing to do with sweet potatoes and zooks? Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to start with the zooks. So Corbin and I were in Amsterdam for an unexpected part of our honeymoon. Weren't supposed to be there. Flight got canceled. (laughs) We went to this restaurant, and they served this zucchini soup topped with truffle oil. So I've recreated it, and I'll, I'll tell you guys how it's so easy. I'm not very technical, but... You take an onion, white onion, chop it up, saute it in some butter, olive oil, whatever you feel, maybe ghee. Add in the sliced zucchini. Let it all kind of, you know, brown and get delicious. Layer in some vegetable stock, a whole can of coconut milk with the fat. We want the fat kind. (laughs) And let it all like just simmer away. Blend it up. Salt, pepper, maybe a little garlic if you're feeling it. And a drizzle of truffle oil. You're welcome. Wow. That sounds amazing. And thank you. <laughs> I'll, it is. I'll write that up. Beyond. That's awesome. Okay, great. Wow. I'm glad I asked about that, Zook. <laughs> Very passionate about that. Zook. I can tell. It sounds amazing. Sounds so easy. What about the sweet taters? Mm, lately, I've been a big fan of making some sweet potato fries and like a nice little herb de aioli. Oh, look at you. So fancy. Girl. Air fryer. Uh, I need to get an air fryer. Okay, is that your most used kitchen tool? Probably not, but one you love? Because <laughs> that was my next question. We have the Ninja Foodie, which is like instant pot, crock pot, air fryer, all in one. Oh. And because our house is little, like we don't have a lot of space, it's so great. That's probably our most used one. Okay, cool. I don't have that. I just have a million other separate appliances. <laughs> but I think I need to add air fryer because I really want one. <laughs> and we have some register money left over from the wedding. So we're going to get one. Get yourself one. Yeah. Brussels sprouts and an air fryer will blow your mind. That sounds awesome. What is your favorite like quickie self-care tool or thing you do? Yeah. Like action? Activity? Activity? Let me think. Quickie self-care... I would say dry brushing in the morning takes like one minute. Okay. Your whole, like all your, your arm, all your arms and all your legs. All my arms. All of my arms <laughs> and all of my legs. Nice. That's a really quick way. Honestly, taking some deep breaths is really important. Ugh, like, that's lame. Just breathing. <laughs> I know. So lame. But I like the dry brushing. It's at least something different. <laughs> I know, but no, you're breath right. it's so for true. people who, are anxious like myself and myself yeah breathing into your stomach 
is so important instead of just like breathing into your lungs, which into your chest, which is like not productive, I guess. Is it's the word true. I'll go through like days like today. I had some really fun, exciting calls and like emails this morning. I like, you know, sat down to record with you and I'm like, wait, I haven't breathed all morning. Like I've just been yeah. running around like a crazy person. And it's true. We can forget to breathe. So I'll give you that one. I know it's, it's, it's lame and it's boring, <laughs> but I will like feel my physical body shift when I yeah. actually take a breath and I'm like, whoa, everything's okay. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Another fun thing is honestly just like playing with my dog. Well, yeah. I have two playing with my dogs, like Aww. taking a moment and just having fun. Yeah. Is just important. being present. Awesome. What is a book that has inspired you in some awesome way? Oh my gosh. Present Over Perfect. Hmm. I haven't heard of that. By Shauna Nyquist. I think that's how you say her name. It is so good. It's a really easy read. It had so many aha moments for me. I like read passages of it at every workshop I do because it's so relevant. That's awesome. Okay, cool. We'll check that out. And where can everyone stay connected with you? Well, pretty much everything's under my name, Carly Sweet. It's C-A-R-L-E-Y. Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Pinterest. And my website is filled with a lot of great resources, um, including a link to my book and my new podcast. I try to create as much content as I can to inspire you know, some boundary setting in your life. Yeah. Your new podcast that just launched in the time that we like scheduled this interview. What inspired you to start a podcast? You know, I really like talking. (laughs) But more than that, I wanted a way for people to create time for themselves while learning about self-care. So if you want to make changes in your life, you have to make time for yourself and you have to make time to listen to a podcast, right? So by creating a podcast about self-care, I'm able to help people make changes in their lives. I can reach more people. And I want, ultimately, I wanted to share stories of other women who have had transformational stories of self-care. Yeah. And it's called You Time, which I love, short to the point. called You Time. You know, I just, I wanted a way to highlight what other people have been through because not everyone's going to resonate with my story. And even if they are a people pleaser, my story might not make that much sense to them. So I wanted a way to bring on other women who have been there uh, in hopes to inspire listeners to say, hey, look, I resonate with that. I can do it too. Yeah. They can do it too. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and blowing my mind about boundaries and how (laughs) it relates to wellness. That's very cool. And really, I think there are definitely peeps that are listening that are raising their hands right now because this was very, very relevant. So thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And, you know, just I always remind people, just start small and, and start where you are as cliche as that saying is, it really is about just finding the small moments you can make a change. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I'll have you know that the moment I hung up with Carly, I had to tinkle and guess what I didn't bring to pee with me. That's right. I relieved myself with just myself and it was relieving. Self-care at its finest, baby.
I hope you're feeling like boundaries are the new black. Am I right? We may be a bunch of grown-ass women and men. Hey, James. But when it comes to saying no, we can be a bunch of little bitty babies. I hope this chat inspired you to consciously add more no into your life like you add more greens. For a recap of some of Carly's finest self-care strategies, links to stuff she mentioned, more deets on our new BFF, Ned, and way more gold that takes the hell out of being healthy, head to partyinmyplants.com slash 130.